and welcome to This is Modern Rock, the podcast that takes a look at the modern rock charts one month at a time. I'm Will Westerkow, and this is July 1992. Joining me to talk about the songs of July 1992 is Matt Spix. Hi, Matt. Hey, hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, man. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here, but... um. Are you a metalhead? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. the old school, 80s. Yeah, good. Uh, so Matt's a friend of mine, and I thought it would be fun not just to bring him on to chat in general, but I, you know, I thought it'd be cool to see what a metalhead thinks of modern rock songs, right? Yeah. Just a different I'm, take. Yeah, I'm open-minded. I like all styles, too. Okay. Just to give us some context, can you tell me like your favorite band or two? Well, definitely Metal Iron Maiden Iron was Man. my big... Yeah, that yeah. started me down that road. And uh, Pink Floyd... The Cars, The Police. My, I had a uh, Aunt Sue, and she uh, inspired my music tremendously. Okay. Like, I would spend hours listening to records in her bedroom. Nice. Yeah, so you got the, the metal influence, but you're not opposed to some new wave and some... Uh... Yeah, and, you know, Metallica, mm-hmm. of course, like, those early albums. Did you get to, like, the Black album and go, like, no more for oh, me? Oh, no, or... I, like, I like Black album. Okay. Yeah. Justice for All. Yeah. I saw him on that tour, you know, Cliff had died, so that was a bummer. What about when you get to, like, Load and their alternative... Mm, there's yeah. stuff on Load. There's, like, two or three songs I like on there. Yeah, okay. So we're talking about July 1992. I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any idea what you were up to back then? Uh, two years out of high school. Okay. Working and hanging out when we can on the weekends. Music is always a constant. Yeah. And I had a nice group of friends out. We all shared that metal love. And just like tape trading. <laughs> That's how we found out about things. You know, it wasn't like internet. Yeah. Ta- I'm surprised tapes are uh, still a really big thing, you know, in the underground, you know, independent people making their own music. Cause mm-hmm. like a tape, yeah, I never, uh, the tapes, you gotta like flip them over and rewind if you there, like a certain song. There's something fun about it. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. 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 I had like kiss tapes in those and nice. Yeah, I think we still got a couple. I think I've got a They Might Be Giants and uh, maybe Michael Jackson's Bad hanging around here somewhere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had Off the Wall okay. tape. Yeah. Michael <laughs> Jackson Off the Wall. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Those early years to me. Jackson 5. Oh, that's undeniable. I grew up yeah. w- watching that show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess we can get into the charts. In June 1992, the number one song for most of the month was The Cure's Friday I'm in Love. Okay, yeah. After a month of Friday I Am In Love, we've got a new number one from a band we've heard from a couple times on this show, and that band is the B-52s. Oh, yeah. Rock Lobster. That was my... <laughs> they were fun. They're still doing albums? Or? I think they're still around. Yeah. Their most recent studio album was 2008. So it's been a while since they've put wow. out something like that, but I guess they're still touring and yeah, they can do that right with what the music they've made already. Yeah, of course. And this is the kind of band that's like the perfect band to go see at the zoo or whatever. You know, it's kind of like the nostalgia tour, yeah, but it's like you know, it's going to be a fun time. It's like kind of everybody's music. You know, yeah, like get, if they can find something they like in it. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you were like necessarily a B-52s fan, like you're going to go, you're going to definitely know a song or, yeah. <laughs> or two, right? And you're going to have a fun and time. They rock out. Yeah. yeah. Is it four people? They were originally a five piece, yeah. And uh, Cindy Wilson's brother, Ricky, he was the guitarist. He died oh, okay. uh, back in the 80s. Oh. So I guess I should say who's in the band. This is um, Fred Schneider. 
He's got the distinct talking, singing yeah. sort of voice. And then we've got two ladies who sing, and that's Cindy Wilson and Kate Pearson. Oh, right. And we've got Keith Strickland as the fourth member who's still alive at this point. So we're going to be listening to a song from their sixth album called Good Stuff. This is the only B-52s album that does not feature singer Cindy Wilson. Yeah, by this album, by Good Stuff, the five piece is down to a three piece, although Cindy's going to come back on subsequent albums. She's just kind of taking a break. Oh, okay. And we're going to hear the single, also titled Good Stuff. All right. My initial kind of cynical response to this song was, this is trying really hard to be Love Shack, and it's not nearly as good as Love Shack. My less cynical take is, I don't know, this song's still a ton of fun. Yeah, it's like a wedding song or something where everybody'd be like acting goofy. It's hard not to uh, be smiling, I think, when when good stuff is playing. I think that's what I like about Beefy. Like, musically... The way it's put together, I think it's cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a B-52s fan, and I especially love their early stuff. So if I compare it to the songs of theirs that I think are just amazing, like, this is going to be not as good. But if, if I can imagine the B-52s were complete unknowns, no one had ever heard a song by them, and then this suddenly came out of nowhere onto the radio in 1992, yeah, I would have been like, what is this song? This is ridiculous. I love this band. Right. You know? Did you have any favorite lyrics from this one? Oh, man. Yeah, the lyrics are a little... There's a lot to read into. Yeah, well, exactly. It's definitely not offensive, but there's the suggestion of something right, that's a little right. scandalous in there. That's what I mean. Is it that or it's just, it's just your good feeling? You got so many good feelings, dude. Yeah. Like, I think we need more good stuff. Like yeah. right now, we're having enough of mundane kind of yeah we need some more good stuff around here for sure exactly so yeah thanks for picking that one (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say you know at the beginning uh fred's singing about his sincerity and his heart by the end of it he he wants to wallow in the loving hollow there you go there's not too many ways to interpret that one i think yeah that's pretty out there that's yeah but you know i like that they seem open to it all there's a shout out to the ladies there's a shout out to the fellas he's gonna wallow in everyone's loving hollow. i was gonna say all inclusive like Mm -hmm. just like that music I also like, I want to be dangin' with your dang good stuff. Oh, I thought he was saying bangin'. So now I was like, oh, well, this is pretty uh, (laughs) out there, too. Yeah, no, don't leave him hanging. He wants to be dangin' with your dang good stuff. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So this album was not critically uh, beloved, let's just say, in general. And yet, it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Alternative Album. In the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1992. I guess it would have been the 1993 Grammys, probably. But it uh, it ended up losing to Tom Waits' Bone Machine, Best Alternative Music Album. Huh. Well, we've got a number two song this month that we're going to skip over. It's Morrissey's We Hate It When Our Friends Become Successful. I would love to listen to it. I think it's a cool song, but we've been listening to a lot of Morrissey lately. He's been showing up on the charts a lot, so I thought we'd jump down a little lower and give some other bands a shot. We're going to go to number five on the charts, and we're going to listen to The Lemonheads. 
This is a band that was formed in Boston in 1986, and they are led by singer Evan Dando, who is the only constant member of the band. Did the name come from that candy? You know, I think it did, yeah. My, my, I love those. those I could be good. wrong, <laughs> but I think that the advertising for the candy was that they were sour on the outside, sweet on the inside, something <laughs> right, like that. Yeah. yeah, it has that like coating, yeah. like a kind of a sugary. Yeah, and so Evan's yeah, like, I was going to say, I ate more lemon heads than I like listened to them. I've, I've eaten quite a few lemon heads, but I've listened to a lot of them too. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I wonder if that's Evan Dando, if he feels, if he still feels that way. Like he's sour on the outside and, and sweet in the middle. Yeah. Was it, was it sweet on the outside first? I feel like the sour was on the outside, but that would be okay. pretty funny if it was the other it way. It could be. Yeah. He's the like, powdery you know who stuff I am? Is... I seem sweet, but really I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I'm a sour dude. It's funny. That's, that's where they did get the name though. Yeah, I think so. Are they still going? Still making music? Kind of. They have released a few albums in the last decade or two. <laughs> I think it's been like a release schedule of once every 10 years, honestly. Mm. But the last two albums were both all cover song albums. Interesting. There was an album called Varshans, which was all covers. And then there was another one called Varshans 2. Hmm. And that's been their output <laughs> since really? then. Yeah. Huh. You know, it, it seems fitting somehow. Evan Dando is something of a an enigmatic figure. You know, at the time, he got a lot of press for his dreamy good looks, and he got a lot of press for his drug use, which he was pretty open about uh, in interviews and in his song lyrics and things like that. But on a deeper level, I don't know, he's kind of mysterious, and he's notoriously uh, cagey during interviews. So you never really like get to know him. And he's the only original. They just rotate different yeah, musicians. Yeah, you know, he started with the... some friends and then they kind of left the band. He brought more people in, which is kind of funny because he's also released like a solo Evan Dando album. But like if the band is not consistent, like what's the difference between a Lemonheads album and a, an Evan right. Dando album? But, and now you're just doing covers. You know, it, it kind of seemed like in 1992 that the Lemonheads sort of came out of nowhere. At least that, I think that's the impression a lot of people got. But that was their fifth album. Wow. They'd been doing kind of more punk-influenced music up to that point. They first got notice when they had a, a minor hit with their cover of the song Luca. You know, that Suzanne Vega oh, song? Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Was that around the same time? Yeah, you know what? It, it kind of was. It was like a pretty quick turnaround on that. They were like friends or something? And Not as far as I know. I guess you just have to ask the art. You get permission from yeah. the artist or manager or something? Yeah, or you just do it and then someone makes it good later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> throw really? some money somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> uh, actually, we, should we listen to a clip of Luca just like for a few seconds? Sure. My name is Luca. That one's pretty good. I kind of like that one better. It's still about some dark stuff, but it's more like a... Make it, make it a little more rocking. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. That must have come pretty quick after Suzanne Vega's, which, yeah. gosh, I want to say it was 87 maybe. So within a couple of years, I would guess. Okay. But um, it got them enough interest from record labels to get picked up by a major label. So by 1992, they're putting out their fifth album. It's called It's a Shame About Ray. They brought in Juliana Hatfield... Who oh. plays bass on this album. Yeah, I've heard the name. And David Ryan is playing drums. One thing that's interesting, though, I watched the video, and 
even though Juliana Hatfield is playing bass on the album, she's not playing bass in the music video. Oh, okay. But Johnny Depp is in the music video. What's he doing? He's just, he's just there? Like, he... He's just like looking attractive in a bedroom in uh, black okay. and white, just like kind really? of staring out the window. It's hard to remember, like, how famous was Johnny Depp in 1992? Like, he was famous, but was he, like, like famous, 21 famous? Jump Street, right? Yeah. Was that the thing then? Or that, I thought that was That was the a 90s. little before. It was I'm not maybe sure. 88 or something. I don't know. Yeah, huh. so he was famous from that, but he wasn't, like, super movie star at this point, right? right? I do know that Johnny Depp dated Kate Moss for a while, and then later Evan Dando dated Kate Moss. So oh. we, got, we got a spicy love triangle there. Huh. Yeah. There's some good stuff going on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they want to be danging. <laughs> That's great. One other thing about the Lemonheads, though, that I think is maybe less well-known is that a lot of Lemonhead songs are co-written by Evan Dando with a, an Australian named Tom Morgan, who had his own band called Smudge. The Lemonheads were touring in Australia, and these two guys found each other and were like, hey, let's write a song. And then they ended up continuing to write a bunch of songs together. So a lot of the most well-known Lemonhead songs are co-written with Tom Morgan, who's never been a member of the Lemonheads. He's just like some other guy from a band. He has credit, probably. Yeah, he's get, yeah he gets his name yeah. in the songwriting credits. Oh, that's cool. He, he did co-write the one we're going to hear. It's The song is also called It's a Shame About Ray. My understanding is that the title comes from a newspaper headline, and they just kind of like the sound of it. It sounded mysterious. Who's Ray? Anybody could be Ray. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What happened to him? Why was it a shame well, about thing. him? I have, I have no idea. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I couldn't find that information. Which Ray are we well, talking about? Is it about Sugar Ray? <laughs> the band? Yeah, the yeah, guy. Yeah. Just, yeah. Is it just not... I thought it was just one dude, Sugar Ray. Oh, no, no. It's that the guy's band. name is Mark. Mark McGrath. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Which, as I say that, I suddenly feel like I'm saying the wrong name and I'm describing the crime dog. That's McGruff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the band Sugar Ray, yeah, it is a shame that... Yeah. That band existed. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go ahead and hear it. This is It's a Shame About Ray. It's a shame about Ray. In the stone of earth, the dust is named the still in gray. Something needs to go away. Yeah, so I don't think we really learned anything about Ray, but you know, it's, the, <laughs> the mystery is there, right? Something happened, and something needs to go away. Yeah, maybe that ghost haunted Ray or something. It's yeah, it's, it's vague, but it's compellingly. Is vague. it addiction or something? The basement door is always open, and I can't keep away. I don't know <laughs> what's down the basement. Do we want to know? Picking up your laundry? Or? No. <laughs> I wish it was like a tiny bit faster. Oh yeah. I get it, kind of, but mm-hmm. it's like the Luca one's kind of more upbeat. Yeah. So back when the Lemonheads were like first starting to make it kind of big, a lot of people wrote about them as like a next big thing. And okay. it never really happened. Like they had some minor chart success, but nothing really big. And so then later articles would write about them as like they should have made it and they didn't. Like they didn't live up to their potential kind of deal. That's always kind of confusing to me that they were considered as a next big thing because I don't hear anything in their sound that sounds like next big thing to me i was gonna say that good kind of basic guitar it, intro yeah, tale. Like, like a, you listen to something like smells like teen spirit and you go like okay i see why that broke through 
mm, there's that excitement there. Yeah. Yeah. And I never hear that with the Lemonheads. But that being said, though, like, I still really, really like the Lemonheads. I really like the song. I think it's really cool. You said you wish it was a little faster, but the whole album's really good. And a bunch See, of the songs... See, I haven't... Yeah, to be honest, I haven't checked it out at all. Yeah, like, so just... there's faster songs. Like, there's some more, like, punk energy sort of higher speed songs. And then there's kind of, like, the slower, more wistful ones. Okay. All of them, and I don't know if it's Dando's voice or what, but all of them have this little tinge of melancholy. That's what I do like about yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I'll check it out more. And it's not like he's got this incredible singing voice, but there's some quality in his voice that I just find really nice to listen to. So if anyone has not listened to this album, it's not going to like blow minds, but it is a very consistent album. I think it like, I don't know if there's a bad song in the bunch, including their cover of a song from Hair, the musical. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have any other great Evan Dando stories. I did read though that in 2008, he won an NME Classic Album Award and he went and picked it up. And then as he walked out, he threw the award in the trash can. No way. Really? Yeah. And uh, he actually confirmed that in an interview. And he said, I was really happy to get the award. I just didn't want to bring it home. It was really ugly. And I didn't say my name or the band name on it. So <laughs> that's kind of weird. Yeah. You think you'd have a little placard down there. Yeah. Something on it. Do you think they took it back out? I have no or idea. Or did they leave it in the trash? No idea. Of course, we'd never be able to know because it doesn't have their name on it. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Evan Dando's still around. He's still alive and still presumably recording music. Maybe we'll nice. see another cover album at some point. <laughs> Maybe we'll see some originals. How many covers they have? Two, two albums of covers and then a bunch of cover songs kind of sprinkled throughout the other albums. Hmm. Yeah. On all their releases, they have like a cover on each one? or Well, there's one on It's a Shame About Ray, two if you count the reissue with the Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, I've heard that Paul Simon expressed that he hated their cover, but... Oh, uh, our man. Garfunkel said he really liked it. So hmm. there you go. Yeah. Can't please everybody. All right. Well, let's keep going. We're going to listen to a band called L7. Okay. You know L7? Uh, yeah. Kind of punky female band. Is it all female? It's or? all female. Yeah. I think the they might three? have had, There's four of them. Four? Yeah. I think they might have had a dude in their lineup at some point, like early on, but it's been pretty much all, all women band. Yeah. So L7, which in case you're wondering, the name does come from the like the sign for a square. Have you okay. ever seen that before? Yeah. Those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I, you can't see me, but if you take your fingers on each hand and make an L and a seven and kind of put them together, you've got yourself a square. square. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. L7 was formed in Los Angeles in 1985. By 1989, L7 had settled on the quartet that has you know been the same four people for most of the band's existence, and that is... Susie Gardner, Danita Sparks, Jennifer Finch, and Dee Placas. You could describe them as punky, especially early on. Uh, they're often considered as part of the grunge movement. So I think after a few albums, they kind of started to get a little sludgier with their sound. Okay. Yeah. Are they still the same girls together? They, they are, yeah. There was a little bit. Cool. I, I think one, one or two of them might have dropped out at some point. The band broke up in 2001, and then they got back together in 2014 with this same oh, wow. lineup that I just mentioned, and I think they've been going strong That's since That's a then. big break. Yeah. We need that break sometimes, yeah, sometimes from each need, other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can't stand each other. Well, at least you still come back and, and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I do know that like when Susie Gardner and... Danita Sparks met and first formed the band. They hadn't done a whole lot of music before that, but Susie Gardner had sung backup vocals on a Black Flag track called Slip It In. I thought maybe I'd just play, <laughs> play a quick okay. clip of that. That's cool, Black Flag. You feel like a whore. Slip it in. What you did the night before. 
it didn't really <laughs> slip in. It kind of went in fast to me. Yeah. I don't even know how to take that song. Like, should I be totally offended by that one? Or is it commentary on something? Like, uh, it's totally unclear to me. <laughs> but... I just think that's interesting because Slip It In does feel juvenile and possibly misogynistic. Not really sure there. But mm-hmm. so Su- Susie Gardner, as part of L7 later in 1991, they helped co organize the first Rock for Choice benefit concert, which was designed as a benefit for abortion rights and also a venue for concert goers and musicians to talk about women's issues and voter mm. registration and things like that. So the band clearly has this kind of like progressive lean to them. And so it's it's interesting to hear her in that song and go like, is there a disconnect? Am I misunderstanding or the song? Or the time like, when it was yeah, put out? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, she also could have been like very young and, you know, was just excited to be singing on a Had song. she like, like Black I, Flag? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, right. You know, mostly I just played that because I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hadn't heard that one. Yeah. Anyway, by the time we get to 1992... L7 is releasing their third album called Bricks Are Heavy. This one was produced by Butch Vig, and uh, they managed to have a pretty big hit, making it to number eight on the modern rock charts with a song we're going to listen to called Pretend That We're Dead. All right. This one was inspired by Danita Sparks' recent breakup. She was finding it difficult to, I guess, emotionally recover, get over her lover, And uh, she found the only way she could cope was by pretending that this person was dead. And she said, not, Hmm. you know, not that she wanted them to be dead. In her mind. Just that, like, like, if she pretended they were dead, it it. was easier to let go and, you know, move on, so to speak. And then she changed that from you're dead to we're dead, and then kind of went from there. Okay. But that's what we're going to hear. So here we go. Pretend that we're dead. I like this song, but there's always been something about it that is slightly jarring. A lot of the rest of their album, it feels like authentically sludgy and like tough. And this one is a little bit polished in a way that almost feels like it could have been produced by Rico Kasich from the Cars. It's got that oh, like, yeah. you know, keyboard thing going through well, it. Well, maybe and, it's a more poppy one to get played on the radio. Sure. And I'm sure that's exactly what it was. It's just that like for me, it's a weird match, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, I, I haven't heard the whole album. I'll check it out, though. Yeah, what's your, yeah, what's your take, though? What do you think about this one? Yeah, I, I remember this song mm-hmm. growing up, yeah. yeah. I, not terrible. Definitely uh, giving props to uh, being yourself. Mm-hmm. Wake up and smell the coffee or just, like, just being yourself, man, and just, like, whether it's good for other people or not, if it's making you happy and just your independence, yeah, I think. Yeah. People need more their independence back. I do kind of like that, you know, Pretend We're Dead, it has a slightly morbid feel to it, but also like the way it's sung feels a little bit nursery rhyme-ish, maybe. Which yeah. Which even so fits, because if you think about like the Ring Around the Rosie 
type stuff. They're all like dark. They, they are all dark. Yeah, yeah. They, all, they all have these like hidden messages or like they originated Rock-a-bye from some kind of like yeah tragedy. black plague. Well, sort it's of like thing tragedy in life, right? I yeah. mean, it's, maybe you're having good times in your life, but there's always going to be that tragic side or something sad that happens to you. Yeah. There was an infamous incident with this band, I think in maybe 92, where they were uh, involved in a show with some technical difficulties, and I think the crowd was getting rowdy, and one of the band members pulled out her tampon and threw it at the crowd and said, eat my used tampon fuckers. No way. It was kind of like a big deal that got a lot of uh, publicity at the time. And I, you know, I have no way to confirm this, but I kind of feel like John Waters probably heard about that. And that is my guess on why he asked them to appear in his film, Serial Mom. That just kind of seems like the kind of thing that would be read up John Waters alley. Have you seen Serial Mom? No. It's a 1994 John Waters film starring Kathleen Turner about kind of a regular everyday sort of housewife who ends up becoming a serial killer. And uh, the band L7 appears in the movie. They actually are on stage performing at a club. Okay. uh, And they're performing as the band Camel Lips. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the band members are wearing like sweatpants with these like prosthetic camel toe inserts. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) it's really crazy. What? Uh, Pretty hilarious. That's about all I know about L7. You know, they continued to put out albums and make music, but this was their biggest hit, and this is the one that I think they're best remembered for. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we got one more song we're going to listen to. We're going to hear from Peter Murphy. He is an English singer. Initially, he achieved fame as the singer for goth rock pioneers Bauhaus. Yeah. After Bauhaus broke up, he went solo. So we heard his song Cuts You Up. That was a huge modern rock hit. Oh, I love that one, yeah. Yep, reached number one on the modern rock charts in February of 1990. And I think it stayed at the top of the charts for like seven weeks. Really? So yeah, it was a big one. That's a great album. Mm Mm-hmm. And at some point around this time, Peter Murphy and his wife moved to Turkey. And the influence of Turkish music started to show up in his solo work. Particularly on this album we're going to hear, this is from his 1992 album called Holy Smoke. Okay. On this album, Peter Murphy is supported by his backing band called The Hundred Men, who are actually just four men. (laughs) And we're going to hear this song, You're So Close. This was the second single from Holy Smoke following The Sweetest Drop. The Sweetest Drop went to number two a couple months earlier. You're So Close hit number 18 on the Modern Rock Charts in July 1992. Here it is. No chase, no thing Yeah, I always like Peter Murphy. His voice is just, I like that right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like singing style, man. I I need some. I don't have a good singing style. No, you should copy Peter Murphy. Yeah, I I think that helps. I mean, I always think that's a good place to start if you're not sure what you want to sound like. Just just to sing words differently. And like, there's like a, I don't know, something about his voice. It's like like a ghosty kind of sound. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that we get a few different vocal styles of his. Right. Like, 
during the chorus, he's almost sort of talking through it, but then there's like another vocal from him, like doing a kind of wailing, like ghosty sort of voice yeah. in the background over his kind of and talking vocals. And that lower one, that like, yeah, that part I mean, that yeah. in the headphones, uh-huh. I don't think I've like, with the digital stuff now, you miss like half the music anyway, right? Yeah. And then it jumps into the verse, which actually sounds kind of bright and sparkly almost. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a light at the in that darkness. Once again, I'm not super clear on what the song is about. Looking at the lyric sheet, honestly, to me, it almost looks like he's describing the songwriting process, maybe. Like he's trying to come up with some really good idea for a song that he's happy so with. And he's close, like, he can almost he, grab it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, I'm not really sure. Like it could be a love song, <laughs> like every but other it, song. He said something, uh, I can't hear you, you're so close. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah. I caught that part. Yeah, and and the backup vocals, most of the time, from what I can understand, I think he's just saying "say you" over and over again. I don't really know what "say you" means, but that's that's what it's being said what anyway. Say you. Say you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know his his voice is definitely like one of a kind, man. Yeah, he has like odd new stuff too, right? Newer. Mm-hmm. His most recent studio album was 2017. Oh. So not too long ago. Cool. We're getting there, but, you know. I know. Why do I fall away from these people? You know, I'll just get down this other road and just... Yeah, I mean, what's got to happen? There's there's just too many many bands to follow. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here is we're going back, you know? So That's good. I'm going to, yeah, check these, like, delve into these bands a little more. Yeah, and I hear that pretty frequently from guests. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I really love that band or this band we're talking about uh, on their first two albums, and then I just kind of stop listening to them for whatever reason. Wait, do you just, like, start picking this other type of music that you lean towards? you get interested in something else and you just don't have enough time to follow every single new band that comes out. And that's Yeah, when I was younger, like, that was my thing. I'd work and I'd, like, buy CDs and... Like that was my world, you know, like, yeah. uh, like study all, every lyric when you mm-hmm. get the new album, you just sit there and like actually listen to music. It's kind of nice we're doing this because at home, like you said, there's all kinds of variables of oh, yeah. like how, why can't I listen to this song? Like actually sit and listen. Yeah. We're just sitting here letting it play through mm-hmm. and like. It's take, almost kind of weird. Yeah. But it's all, you know, I like at the same it, time, like people are more than happy to sit and like watch a two hour movie and like sit there silently. I yeah. Mean, probably a lot you of people could do that did. with music yeah. too. Like listen to it. Man. Yeah. And like, I think people used to do that. Yeah. So, or yeah, do this, like you have a party and you just like play a track and then everybody just shoots the shit about what, yeah. What was, what do you think of that song? Yeah. You know, I've thought about doing that. It That'd seems, be a fun party weird, to me. Like, Invite me if yeah, you do, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody just bring your headphones. We're all going to listen to the song. And we're just going to sit silently. It's like, yeah, a lost art, I think. Like you said, people are at work. It's in the background. Or, yeah. Or maybe... I can't listen to music at work. So that's, for me, that's a big thing. Because pretty much everywhere I worked, you could hear some kind of music somehow. All right. Well, that was our four songs. That was July 1992. Thanks for doing this, man. It's uh, listening to music again. It was yeah. fun. <laughs> Matt, you've been working on some music of your own. Is there a place people can go check it out? Uh, no, not really. I don't think I'm like to that stage okay, yet. But, but you're getting there. I'm, I'm composing my songs. Okay. Not. I think once I start to like learn them myself, maybe I'll, I want to put it out more. I've had a, a couple songs played on the Shady Pines Radio, Portland-based 
kind of like a free playing field for musicians to have, get their music heard. Yeah. Do you, do you consider them still like demo stage though? Or are those, are those songs finished and like, well, ready to... I think for what I, I'm, it's pretty much like I said on my phone and just like okay. composing, putting building songs. Yeah. It's yeah. Do you have a name that you work under? Uh, Matthias. They call me Matthias okay. on, uh, on the Shady Pines, <laughs> which is cool. I kind of like that better. So, yeah. Matthias? It's, yeah. I mean, it sounds like... Just sounds Ma- like you're Mothius. Math. Moth- oh. Mothius. That it's sounds, a more like a sophisticated like a sound. Or, <laughs> it's just... Yeah, well, like um, I work with some German people and they would call me Matthias. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'd like that if my name was Matthias. Oh, it's, it's Matthew. Really, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. this... It's another yeah, okay. German version of right. So, but at some point in the future, some sometime down the road, we can look up some Mathias. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or you can. Uh, I think Shady Pines has that like archives or okay. on their app or something. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, thanks for joining me on the show. This was yeah. a lot of fun. Thanks, man. All you listeners out there, be sure to go online wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review and subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. Thanks everyone for listening. Oh, yes. If anyone wants to get in contact with me, they can reach me at thisismodernrock at gmail.com. We'll catch you all next time in August 1992. All right. Bye. See you, man.